Longer Podcast. I'm Janae Miha, your host. This episode was recorded live at the source in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's not the first place you think about when it comes to high caliber food, but Bo Vondra of Looks Marketplace has created a special oasis in an unexpected place. From opening in a new and larger location in the fall before a global pandemic, to a special appearance from Guy Fieri, Looks Marketplace has had quite a year. Let's check in with Bo to see where they are now. Uh, my name is Bo Vandra from Looks Marketplace in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You want to give us a history of your time in cheese? Time in cheese. Uh, about 15 years ago, I was asked to help a, a relative with a specialty foods market in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We happened to have a small cheese counter. Um, it was a learn-on-the-fly kind of thing for both the both of us. We had the little Murray's Cheese Handbook we worked off of a little bit, and it was really hard for us to source. Uh, fast forward to about 2016-2017 when we um, were able to join the Good Food Merchants Collaborative. Uh, a lot of members of that collaborative are uh, very, very well knowledge in the cheese world and uh, taught us an insane amount more than we would have ever learned on our own, even from that point forward. So we are sitting in the new Looks Marketplace building. Can you talk about how that came about? So we, st- little, uh, let me give a brief history of Looks Market as it is from when it started. Uh, Looks Market started in 1883 as a specialty meat butcher shop in downtown Sioux Falls by a pair of brothers named Looks. Look. Ray and Carl were their names. Uh, throughout the course of the years, there's been a number of different owners and a number of different um, locations. Uh, Greg Heineman, Nick's father, purchased Looks from uh, one of his building tenants because it was going to go out of business and he wanted to save the name of Looks. Uh, his son Nick agreed to move back from Chicago as a chef to come run the business for him in February 2007. At that point in time, we were about a 4,000 square foot specialty foods market and uh, had no idea how to run a specialty foods market, let alone a cheese counter. Um, and about September of that month, 2007, I somehow convinced my wife, a Minneapolis native, to move to Sioux Falls with me. And that's how I, I kind of took over. So through the course of uh, operating a cheese shop uh, inside of a specialty foods market, and it's mainly a butcher shop, um, we grew from four employees when I started to about 15. Those 15 employees were very talented individuals that we were able to, for lack of a better term, collect. Um, people that wanted to not do normal restaurant life anymore. So we gained a pastry chef, two fantastic butchers, uh, a, a home brewer that was insane, was actually our last cheesemonger. Um, and so just really awesomely talented culinary, uh, culinary people in the city of Sioux Falls that were just kind of sick of the restaurant life. So we got to a point about three, four years ago where we knew we were going to need to, we needed to do something more, whether it's a small restaurant, a second location, um, expanding, growing something. We always kicked around the idea of a food hall uh, because we had, you know, restaurant market kind of thing was kind of fun for us. and bakery was something we always knew we wanted to do, especially when we, uh, especially when we had a pastry chef on staff. It was 
more so something we really wanted to do. So we were actually, you know, out in San Francisco for good food, fancy food, CMI, all that stuff. And um, we were looking at, we went to the Ferry Building, and, you know, that was just one of the places we had been. And we looked at, um, we had looked at some build, building our own building and looked at some places. His dad called, I think it was January 2018. Uh, and this building that was an iconic restaurant that was built on a golf course uh, about 20 years ago came up for sale. And both of us looked at each other and said, absolutely no way. That's stupid. You know, that's ridiculous. That's, there's no way that's going to work out. Well, we walked through the building when we got back and looked around, saw it had unbelievable potential. It was already beautiful. It was right on a golf course. The architecture was great. And we said, I think this might be the place. So we took the leap and... Uh, you know, Greg purchased the building and the business, and we completely gutted the establishment and remodeled into about 17,000 square feet and went from 15 to 95 employees. And uh, it's been wild, been crazy. Uh, it's been fulfilling. It's, like I said, I cried a couple times probably over the course of the years. Uh, you know, we've been open for about 21 months now. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, this place is definitely... We're definitely very, very fortunate to have the unbelievable workforce that we have in this building to really be able to carry through our love of food, uh, the makers that produce the food, and the level of customer service that we've been known to give our guests for, you know, the course of our time taking over this shop. So we were talking earlier, and you had said that you guys opened a month later than you were supposed to, which meant that you had some overhead um, that was just unavoidable. Right. Um, so you kind of were starting the business not necessarily on the best foot. We were a little wrong-footed, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, you know, we were told by our construction company that we would be have the, have the building at a certain date. So we closed our doors at our old space because we needed the mo most of our leadership staff were... Uh, members of our old staff or old store staff uh, we needed them to come and train the new staff so we needed to have some sort of transition between the two uh, so we closed uh, last week of September uh, 2019 we told we were going to take possession of the building on the 1st of October uh, we did not open up until November 5th that's the joys of small business though right uh, yeah no yeah joys definitely joyous <laughs> So we had to figure out what we we're going to do for a month with a full staff worth of employees and how to train them um, without any facilities to train them in. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, I talked a lot about cheese. <laughs> Luckily, I have some great friends who gave me a ton of knowledge and training manuals and uh, let me kind of pick their brains. You know, because like I told you before, I, I'm only a cheesemonger by default. Uh, I do love cheese. Not and I've realized not to the extent of a bunch of people that I know, um, but still a great amount. And uh, you know, it's humbling. Like I said, when I we joined Good Food to meet and people like you, and you know, pe other people in the cheese world that I mean, eclipse. I can I can talk I can talk butcher with them. I cannot talk them in butcher shops, but cheese I'll never be able to. It's nice to have that circle of friends because you've got a pretty tight circle of 
cheese shop owner friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're very lucky. I mean, they're, we've been very fortunate to become friends with some of the best people in the business uh, that do it the right way. Um, great to their employees, love the makers, um, and have just welcomed us, you know, this shop from South Dakota. At the time, we weren't a huge shop either. South Dakota with open arms and you know gave us all the knowledge we could ever ask for so I don't want to get into it too deeply uh, but I do want to talk about how you opened the doors here in the end of 2019 and then come March 2020 we obviously have a global pandemic so I just want you to kind of briefly talk about just what how that affected your business here well, to be truth, uh, 100% truthful, uh, we opened up, you know, 15 to 95. It was a lot of our leaders hadn't been leaders before. Uh, so we were all learning on the fly. We were behind the eight ball right away. And it was, it was, a, it was a sprint during a marathon time. Um, so we were trying to sprint a marathon, which is almost impossible. Uh, you know, we went through a huge transition in our restaurant staff where we, uh, we parted ways with the majority of our front of the house restaurant staff team um, and then took that over as, as, as partners to, you know, as managers in there. You know, we were trying to manage the whole building. We actually had to step in and bartend and cook and wait tables and learn that side of the business better than we already did knew it, but we had to kind of involve ourselves in it. Well... You know, Mark, you know, that was January, February of 2019. Well, the pandemic happened, everybody knows, yeah. on March 15th, 2020, yeah. March 15th-ish. Here it was March 15th, everything went, it was when everything, everybody kind of panicked here. So I only know that because my daughter was supposed to have her birthday party on the 17th, which was St. Patrick's Day, which was St. Patrick's Day Parade Day, and she still tells me she didn't have a birthday party. I was going to say um, that would be an easy way to know because your kids will always remind you. Oh, yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. She does. She does a good job of it. Um, it sucked. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was terrible. You know, we were already we were already trying to claw our way out of claw our way out of what we ran to. Um, and it added just another another layer to it. Uh, the benefit of it, though, it, it allowed us to reevaluate who we are and what we wanted to be as a business. Um, and allowed us to make some pretty drastic changes, especially to our restaurant side of things and operations. We actually went to more of a model that we wanted to go to in the first place, but got there in a really roundabout way, but it allowed us to grow it. And now I think we, we've, we actually have a couple different restaurants that have reached out to us recently about our service style and how we do things, and they'd like to possibly go to that route. So clearly, maybe not clearly, hopefully, I think we're doing something right. Um, we feel like we are. It's, it was the right move for us in that way. But, I mean, it really, obviously, financially, it took a toll. Mentally, it took a toll. Physically, it took a toll. I mean, on me, it took a toll physically, mentally, and emotionally, um, just as a, as a person. Um, just every, the uncertainty, um, you know, can we get product? Can we get people? Is everybody okay? Is everybody healthy? Is everybody safe? You know, we are a grocery store, so we're an essential business. We never really had the luxury, if it's a luxury, to kind of shut down and walk away and really evaluate those things. We had to try to keep going and figure things out. And then in the state we are in, uh, there wasn't much of a shutdown at all. 
um, you know, our restaurant went to to go for two months, and then um, our state, our city actually opened up in-person dining again middle of May. So we probably waited about a week after that just to kind of see what the temperature was from our customers because obviously we needed to generate revenue. We needed to be able to pay people. There's a lot of people now dependent on us in this building to for their livelihood. And so we needed to figure out a way to keep going and keep moving forward and get them to where they needed to be so they can keep paying bills and we can keep paying bills and living our lives and supporting families and all this stuff that we everybody does. And so... Uh, so we were fortunate that we were able to open our doors back up. We're also very fortunate to have two giant patios. So that was nice for uh, in-person dining so people could be outside. Um, we also installed ionizers in our entire building. To uh, The ionizers we installed uh, killed 90% of the COVID-19 uh, uh, bacteria within, uh, I think it's 90% within 45 minutes or an hour. I, my numbers are a little off right now on that. It's been a while since <laughs> I've talked about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, so that happened. Then ended middle of January, we got, one of my bartenders got a phone call. And it was the Food Network. And they asked, hey, would you guys like to be on Diners, Drivers, and Dives? And we said, yeah, sure. At this point in time, for sure, anything. Like, we need, we want, to, we want the publicity. Well, then they interviewed us. It was two weeks of interviews and recipes and all this, like probably 40 hours of my, of my time put into just talking to people and writing things out and going over things and recruiting. And then about four, uh, like on Sunday, they called me and said, Hey, you're going to be on the show. You need to close on Thursday morning. (laughs) Wow. That's a lot of, (laughs) they really gave you some forewarning there. Right, right, right. To kind of, I I mean, I know I kind of transitioned into that, but it all felt like it was kind of just part of it. It was like, you know, like we're slowly reopening. We're slowly, you know, like we spaced our tables way apart. You know, we did all these, we did everything. Our staff was all masked up. We asked that our customers wear masks, even though it was never a, it was never a 100% in South Dakota that mask, there was a mask, or even our town was a mask mandate. It was always a suggestion for a mask mandate. Um, so we just tried to want to keep everybody safe and happy and healthy. We fortunately, knock on wood, we never had any outbreak here. Um, we had people on occasion be out with it, but luckily because of all the precautions we took, we never had it spread through our building, which is great. And we never had any customers say they just got it here. Um, so we're fortunate. And That's pretty amazing. And as an individual, I was very fortunate that it never affected anybody in my life. Uh, to the point the the way it's affected some some people's lives so but uh yeah so the diners drivers and dives thing <laughs> so it's pretty funny so i mean you, you see this space right so when we if for those of you who can't see it obviously because it's on a podcast it's a very expansive space where it runs marketplace kind of runs into a restaurant well they asked us to close the whole building and we went no that's 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 smart that's impossible and they're like what do you mean and so i had to like walk through the building with my like take a video to show them like what i meant by it and so they were they agreed to close off just the restaurant for two lunches so we didn't miss dinner service it was a friday lunch thursday lunch friday lunch to do the filming 
So like on Thursday, I did eight rolls, eight hours of B-roll with him. On Friday, he came out and filmed. Um, but he filmed in five spots in our market, even in the non-closed-off areas. You know, walked through. There was customers shopping. It was it was a trip. I saw. Well, I watched the show, and it was amazing. It was amazing to see you in action. <laughs> hey, thank you. With Guy Fieri, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, but I did notice that there were customers behind there, and I know that like watching the show, as much as I do. That like usually they just show people sitting and eating, but not when he's around. <laughs> like that's very much like a different time. <laughs> yeah, well, and even then they were, you know, like it was it was in the middle of COVID, so they actually, you know, we remained masked up unless we were shooting B-roll or talking with him uh, to make the show look as seamless as possible to um, to the uh, in the public. Um, and uh, yeah, we had our our luckily our dining room was gigantic so we were allowed to have all of our people that were guest diners be in the same room at the same time while he was there um but yeah he spent about four hours in the store which is two hours more than he spent anywhere else in town uh i bought a cookbook he actually bought uh elias's from Olympia's cookbook when he, when he when he was here wow and then he asked me why i didn't have his cookbooks <laughs> So that was fun. Um, wow, he called you out. <laughs> also about barbecue sauce, too. And then, uh, are you familiar with Justin Warner? Uh-uh. So Justin's on Guy's Grocery Games. He used to have a Mission okay. Star restaurant okay. in New York. He actually lives in Rapid City across the state. He has a ramen shop called Bokujo now out there. But he was on the episode with him. So he also said, hey, Justin, he doesn't have your cookbooks either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was going He was going for, oh, the, he was. Going he was. for the throat. For sure. It was, it was fun. It was all in fun, though. Uh, we did bring his barbecue sauce, and we sell a crap load of it. People <laughs> want to buy it. So. Well, I think that's the the least you could do, considering. Sure. And we brought some cookbooks in, too. They sold. <laughs> so, I mean. So, how did that experience translate to what you guys are doing now? Well, so, we got a nice push because of the, the mention that we got filmed for the show. We got a nice push uh, in business from people that... Because remember, I don't know if, if, how it was for you in Seattle, but for us here in June of 2020, it felt like the pandemic was going away, or it was on the downwards downward slope. It wasn't. People were very loose on things at that point in time. Um, you know, it was very. It felt like it was. It, it felt like it did about a month ago from now. Yeah. You know, it felt like you know everything. Is, all right, you know, we're ready to go. So that people are traveling again, especially outdoor outdoor travel, Mount Rushmore, camping. So we had a lot of people stop in because they heard we were on the show. They hadn't seen the show yet. So that boosted our sales, summertime boosted our sales. So we were always constantly on that kind of upward trend. Um, yeah, and I mean, it just kept going, which was good for us. Even, even when the, the fall scare happened, um, we still had a great takeout business. Um, you know, it was kind of a 50-50 for here. It was like 50-50, 50% of the people didn't care and came out to eat anyway. And the other 50 just went back to, to go. So we were able to capture both sides of things. And we were still able to keep our, you know, we we're still masked up here as employees and able to keep our staff safe. And um, you know, still had didn't have full inside dining. We had stuff spaced out. We had heaters on the patio, you know, but I mean, to go has really helped us out and the market, the market has always stayed open and 
everybody that works in the market, you know, our, luckily our counters are pretty, you know, it's, it's service counters, but they're pretty gap counters. So, you know, it's a good natural six feet yeah. uh, across counters for people. So you had said to me that takeout was one of the big things that kind of came from COVID. Right. Um, were there any other, do you guys do any sort of e-commerce sell anything online we actually had an online ordering system during covid that we turned off now it's gone it made actually things harder for us uh we have very few complaints about it not being there we still do have some um but it allowed people to like pick times for when they wanted food and then it would log jam our kitchens and so we just turned it off we still do a lot of to-goes but over the phone and then we can, you know, there's a lot of people like, I want this pizza. And then they'll type in, add this, sub this, know this, do this, that, do. And, you know, their pizza would have been like $10 more expensive, but they typed it in and they've already paid. So I don't, you know, like we were like, oh, okay, I guess we'll just do it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, so, or there was like gluten allergy. Well, that's a question that we always ask what kind of gluten allergy is it? Is it true celiac? Where are you going to go into anaphylaxia? If that's the case, we have bakery, we have pizza shop, we have brewery. There's stuff around here. We do not want to get anybody sick to the point where they're going to might die. Yeah. This like, is a so gluten-heavy gluten so place. Right. Right. <laughs> so we have to make those phone calls or we have to have those things. So like we couldn't have those easy questions like, Oh, how, how severe is the gluten allergy? Is it a stomach issue or is it an anaphylaxia issue? If it's a stomach issue, you're fine. It's anaphylaxia. You know, like we need to be, we need to tell you, you probably don't need to eat here. Um, we have prepackaged food that, you know, is in those facilities. You can grab some salami, some cheese, and some gluten-free crackers and go to town. You yeah. know what I mean? But we don't have a gluten-free environment at all. <laughs> We're full of gluten. Yeah, that's one of the things I Gluttonous or glutinous? Yeah. One of the two. Both. <laughs> Both. One of the two. Considering the pimento burger that I just had with pork belly on top, I would say gluttonous. Is it, and though? <laughs> <laughs> or is it the right thing to do? It's the right thing to do. <laughs> but I'm also totally into that sin. So Cool. <laughs> you know a lot of your regulars so i was actually going to ask like do you feel like you're in a place where it's mostly locals coming in or do you have a lot more tourists like what kind of so we, mix learned, do you think we learned a long time ago when we took over we, we took over you know especially foods market you think oh we're a destination no market special or not by you know is it that's really a destination truly a destination you need to be supported supported by your neighborhood um so we've strongly tied ourselves to this neighborhood that we're in when we moved it's not far from our, our old location it's only about a mile down the road from our old location literally just down the road um so our neighborhood really really supports us um and we're very happy to be a part of it um with uh you know the restaurant and um the diners Dragons and dive success we were also voted best restaurant in sioux falls um, through a reader's poll, through our paper, um, you know, it, that's, that's helped people traveling through stop here. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because the ebbs and flows of business are always about the same. So 4th of July comes along the week after, uh, business usually drops a little bit in the summertime. Um, but what's been nice is, you know, like usually the weekends, it, it levels off weekdays and weekends are about the same. 
uh, during that time. Well, we've actually, and sometimes the weekends even dip sales-wise because a lot of people go, they go out of town, they go to lake cabins. Uh, kids' sports is done, so there's no, they're not hanging out for tournaments or, you know, in June sports like baseball and softball. Um, but with travel, we get, so on the weekends, our regulars aren't here, but we get a ton of people traveling through now with this new space. So, you know, like it's, it's really helped us with our sales. Um, obviously embracing the neighborhood because they're, they're majority of our support, but now with the travelers, with our, our success and being on the TV show, um, has brought that element of destination, which I mean, it's, it's, we've been very fortunate. I mean, I would say that this is definitely, obviously I know you, so I was going to make this stop no matter what, (laughs) but had I just been driving through, I, I would have been like, what's up with this place? It looks pretty cool. It looks like it's got some good food. So, well, we're kind of an interesting spot. So have you driven around this town at all? No, no, not yet. No. So majority of people who come to this town go downtown. Our downtown is a bunch of public sculpture. It's beautiful, uh, revitalized downtown, lots of new construction going up and old factory areas like, you know, like small factories torn down, big, you know, like beautiful buildings getting built in their, in their place, old buildings being fixed back up and made into apartments and that were vacant and things of that nature. Uh, plus it's kind of like, we're called Sioux Falls. There's beautiful quartzite falls downtown. I mean, I get, I get why people go down there. Um, and there's great businesses, breweries, restaurants. Um, so like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of what's fun to do is, is stems from down there. So we, we don't, we're on the south side of town. <laughs> so sometimes people do miss us because we're on the south side. And then luckily, you know, like it's, it's funny. It's uh, we, a lot of industry people who work downtown, we're their escape from downtown. <laughs> so even when we're busy, they'll come out here. They don't have to see downtown regulars. They uh, don't have to uh, run into a lot of other people from downtown. They kind of can come out here and be a customer and, and uh, enjoy themselves and have a drink and have a beer and um, have some food. And, um, you know, it's nice because yeah, we, we, we see a lot of industry, industry people out here, which is kind of unusual for us not being in the industry heavy area yeah so but it's you know it's fun and then you know it's a lot of our friends so pretty good community here too so what's next for looks marcus place like what, where what are you what are you working on what's going on we're working on keeping the arrow pointed up in this place um and trying to really you know like our business is there we're finally you know business wise we're finally there now it's um you know, I talked about shipping costs. It's more of the nuts and bolts things that we need to kind of hammer down. Um, you know, it's that's always the not sexy, hard part of business in general. Uh, you know, there's always possibilities we can grow in some certain ways, whether it's a, another location, whether it's a bigger brewery, whether it's taking over, you know, like a, a, a new, another kitchen, you know, things of that nature. There's always, you know, in the forefront for us possibly, but I mean, honestly, we're 21 months into this <laughs> gigantic place, and we just want to make sure that we're um, doing right by, you know, us and doing right by our employees and um, trying to make this place as successful as possible so that we can really um, 
move forward, you know, with our with our goal of this place. So, I mean, making this place run well and keeping it, making Sioux Falls happen, proud to have us in the community. That's, you know, like we're, yeah, that's that's a big thing to us. Like we really want to be a part of this community and be proud. We want people who are from here to be proud to bring people from out of town here and um, be excited to show it off. And that's kind of why we, you know, jumped over a grand, the Grand Canyon essentially instead of just stepping over a line. It was we wanted to make we wanted to be able to show people that Sioux Falls is a place people can be proud of for food. Yeah. Um, one of my least favorite comment things people say is, well, it's good for Sioux Falls. You know, I have been hearing that in my whole life. And uh, we wanted to make it good just in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we want, we want to be considered good in general. Um, and honestly, in my opinion, traveling as much as I have in the last, obviously not the last year, but uh, the years leading up to it, um, there are a lot of breweries and restaurants in our city that are good in general not just for Sioux Falls yeah so I'm I'm pretty stoked on that yeah I mean honestly I feel like you could put this building and what you guys are doing anywhere and it would be top-notch well thank you anywhere it's it's put it it's tough when you're in it and you hope that that's the case and um you know we we just try to do what we feel is the best um, you know, we try to always push ourselves. If an ingredient's not good enough, we try to find better. Um, if our processes aren't 100% right, we try to make them right. Um, so we're always striving. I mean, there's a reason why there's Pleasant Ridge Reserve and Royal Ham from Red Table and our croissants. <laughs> um, we want to make them the best ham and cheese croissants that people can find. Speed questions. Sure. Uh, what is your cheese crush right now? Oh, man. I don't know if that's a speed question. I have to think about that one. <laughs> I haven't spent a ton of time behind the counter lately. Um, Schallenberg from uh, Gormino. That cheese is really good. I think that's the last one I bought a piece of and ate the whole thing that night. So. All right. Cheese is really good. Uh, what's your favorite cheese pairing? You know, I... I love salami and cheese. Like that's I eat. If I eat cheese, I'm generally eating salami with it. So, um, you know, right now I really love pork queen from Red Table, and that goes great with pretty much any Alpine you can put put next to it. All right. And last one. What is your favorite cheese memory? Oh man, that's tough. Um, you know, I was very fortunate. Uh, was it 2018? I went to Philly uh, before Fancy to check out DeBruno and um, subsequently go to a Yankees game. I'm a huge Yankees fan in Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, but also spent some spent some time with the DeBruno's guys. Well, they do the um, uh, that I can't remember the name of it. It's a big homage to cheese, and it's they bring in all the uh, six makers. They bring oh, yeah, in the legends. The legends of cheese. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so the night, the night I got there, I got to sit in on a training with, uh, with Rachel and all the Essex makers, um, and Norby. So that was cool. Oh, and then the next day I rode with Hunter, Hunter drove around and, uh, you know, a bunch of the Neil's yard makers were in the, in the SUV with me. So I got to hang out and go visit all the DeBruno with those guys. So that was, I mean, it was 
great conversation, very eye-opening. I, I never had a chance to do that with any, any cheesemakers. So, you know, like, I'm this dude from South Dakota. They asked a lot about hunting. <laughs> or there's also a favorite thing that happens most years during fancy food is uh, the Saturday night. We have dinner with uh, the Byright folks, the DeBruno folks, and usually uh, the Essex and Neal's Yard people as well are there. Um, so that's just a really fun, like, dinner party that, you know, we have at this restaurant in San Francisco on their patio. That definitely um, sounds like a good time. It is. With I mean, all it's of just, those people. Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's just, it's just fun to have, you know, real conversations and hang out with friends and, you know, really enjoy. I know none of those are really, like, cheese. No, that's rate. exactly it. I mean, yeah, but for me, it's... Uh, the reason why I'm so into cheese is not always just because it's delicious, but it's because of the people that are behind it. Well, so sure. yeah. getting to spend that time with those people is huge. And that's what keeps me, so keeps me coming back. It's awesome that you say that. Cause I mean, that's something that with the mongers that we have back there is, you know, like it's easy to sell cheese. It's a certain price point, but that's a certain way. I want you to want to sell cheese because you met the person that made it. And the reason why you want to sell it is, one, it's delicious, obviously. Two, you know their story and are, and then you meet them as a person and realize who they are. Um, being able to full circle that for these guys eventually uh, will be huge. And they'll, as they've met a few of those people, it's, it's a, they, you know, a couple of them did the Meet Me Online CMI and, you know, they really like revved their engines up, man. It was great. So our cheese sales went up and... They got excited and, you know, we're selling more to customers because they knew more about the cheese. And, uh, it was it was a good time. You know, yeah. it's, it's fun watching these guys learn. I mean, like I was telling you before, I'm not, you know, like the most savvy monger behind the counter. I'm a salesman for sure. Um, but I, I'm hoping these guys in a year or so or more, you know, possibly more. I mean, I've been buying for, I guess I've been inadvertently working a cheese counter for 15 years. Um, <laughs> become better mongers than me. I want to learn from them. You know what I mean? I want them to be able to teach me stuff. And when I go back behind the counter, they're tasting me on cheese that I've never had before and telling me the story behind it. That's what I want. I think that's a good goal for a boss. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> personally. Well, cool. Yeah, no, I just, it's, it's, I like when people get excited about food. I, I'm always excited about food. I'm eternally excited about food and products and makers and, you know, all sorts, you know, like, like I said, I, there's a reason why I am not as hyper-focused on cheese is because I get distracted by everything else in the world of food. Um, you know, from being a chef in my former life to, um, you know, buying the majority of the products for this space. You know, like, it's not just cheese I'm focused on. So it's, there's a lot of shiny objects out there for me to look at. <laughs> there definitely, definitely <laughs> is. Well, is there anything else that you feel like people really need to know about Looks Marketplace or about what you guys are doing here? If anybody's traveling across the country on I-90, um, <laughs> please stop in and see us. Uh, we'd love to cook you food and, uh, you know, hang out and have a beer or a glass of summer soda with you. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a... Uh, it's fun to be able to show people that Sioux Falls in South Dakota. Um, I mean, because I mean, our town is great too. That's like I was telling you before. Like I, I moved away and 
said I would never move back, and now I can never see myself living anywhere else. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, our town's awesome. Lots of lots of public sculpture. Actually, we have the most public sculpture per capita of any city in the country. Wow. So that's pretty fun. That is fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, come check us out. Come hang out with us. We're fairly nice dudes and dudettes, <laughs> ladies, people, gentlemen, you know. So um, uh, we try to be super hospitable. So, well, thank you for coming. It's been my pleasure. I mean, you fed me, which <laughs> is always going to be a reason for me to show up anywhere. Well, we got to be hospitable. <laughs> You did, dri- you did drive from Seattle. <laughs> you know, it's like if, if I didn't offer you something, I would be not a good host. That's for sure. Well, that's not entirely true, but <laughs> I do appreciate it. The new building is a glorious ode to great food, and Looks Marketplace's compass is dialed in can't wait to go back in a couple years to see how they've filled out the space fully and reimagined retail in the Sioux Falls area. Thank you, Bo, for the hospitality and for showing your commitment to good food. This was only a snippet of the conversation, and you can listen to the rest over on my Patreon. This podcast is recorded, produced, and edited by me, Janae Muha. Thank you to Ben Muha for allowing me to use your music. To support the show, please find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Mobile Monger. For cool extras and to financially support the continuation of this podcast, please consider contributing to my Patreon. There you'll find the full video recording of conversations had on Zoom, behind the scenes on live recordings, discount codes for my merch at my online shop, and more fun stuff coming soon. Thanks for listening, and remember to keep spreading the word of good courage.